Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, Taylor, on the, this, the day we're recording this, not the day it will be released, mm-hmm. uh, but on this day that we're recording this, I want to wish you a uh, happy trans day of visibility. Yeah. Not just happy <laughs> trans day. That, <laughs> that sounds like I should have gotten you a present. <laughs> Why didn't you, actually? You, uh, I, 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 uh, I've gifted you with the ability to perceive me. Most days we cannot be perceived, but today. this <laughs> one day. Today you can see me. <laughs> It's a very that, dangerous day, actually. <laughs> I think uh, with as crappy as our society can be towards transgender people, if you had the power of invisibility, that would be fair. Like, mm-hmm. I think that would be a fair balance if, like, you could make yourself selectively visible and invisible. What? Or maybe flight <laughs> or super strength, x-ray vision, laser vision. Is that- Taylor, do you have all of these? Things? Which one of these powers would you like? <laughs> Uh, that would if that if that's what I got every trans day of visibility we got to pick up a new superpower that would be that would you know what I was gonna say that would be great that's that's a fair exchange I think for everything else that comes with the package mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to pick whichever superpower you want I think so. I think I'd go with flight first that was always my go-to it's I, the best yeah. right oh Riley has a difference of opinion see I, I Taylor I always felt flight was the one like if you could pick Flight. Yeah, what what is better than than flight? Um, I mean, is teleportation up in there? Oh, well, that's just quick flight. <laughs> I mean, what about yes. okay, okay? Well, then if we're not okay, um, then invisibility. You would rather have invisibility than flight. I always, I am you the nosiest person. Things. I want to know when people are talking about me, and I want to know what they're saying about me. More than you want to fly like an eagle across. The I don't sky. like. I don't like heights. Heights scare me. <laughs> I think I'd get freaked out. I think the first time I got up there, I'd say, nope, this is not for me and come right back down. You could just fly like just slightly, like just above like where the cars drive, you know, (laughs) just like eight feet off the ground. That's called a hover. I think you just want the ability to hover. (laughs) Just just vibrates four four inches off the ground. That's fine. (laughs) I can't believe you would choose it. Or to read people's minds. That would be cool. I mean, that is a, oh, this, these are very creepy choices, right? <laughs> that one's I tricky. Just, that one, mm, sometimes I don't want to know. Never, I don't ever want to know what somebody else is thinking about me. Um, I mean, if immortality is up in there, I guess I'd pick that one. Now, is that a superpower? I don't know. Is I don't, <laughs> what I is mean, it? Do you get do you get uh, to exert that power in any other way other than just like, bye everybody. I'm never leaving. <laughs> like that's it. I mm, it depends because immortality can be tricky because if it's immortality like paired with like eternal youth and like a healing factor, great. Cool on it. If it's immortality like you just don't die but you're going to keep getting older mm. and older and sicker and if you get an injury it's just like oh, you just have it now like what, that's what that's about bad. like what about like in in Doctor Strange, where like the ancient one draws on the energy from whatever the dark dimension or whatever mm-hmm. to remain alive forever? Is that acceptable? I mean, what Taylor's describing is Twilight. <laughs> is never is eternal youth. Yeah. That's and, vampire. That's and, vampire and never dying. Minus teeth. <laughs> yeah, you just want to be an energy vampire. You don't drink blood. You just suck energy from other people yeah and then maybe benedict cumberbatch is there is all i'm saying <laughs> okay well that's that's being close to benedict cumberbatch is not a superpower i think that's really what sydney wants <laughs> i mean it's up there <laughs> to, to summon benedict cumberbatch whenever you want him there that would get really be unfortunate for him yeah i don't this, that's a creepy that is the creepiest of superpowers that we've invented so far and i yeah, riley, reject it riley you're good actually yours are no longer creepy <laughs> thank you <laughs> That it was is, Sydney all along. That was not what I meant. That was not what I was. That it, please don't interpret my actions in that way. <laughs> I just want to shake his hand and tell him how good he is at acting. Well, well, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what what the uh, what is the what what brings me my superpowers today. What? Yeah, is there a special like Santa Easter Bunny Great Pumpkin type figure? You know, I might have some bias here because I really like birds, but 
people use eggs as analogies for like, you know, being trans and then coming out of your egg. So maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's a big bird, not the big bird. Although that's cool. <laughs> the big bird? You get visited by the, you know, the big bird. You know what? Uh, the queer community loves to adopt very strange characters. In Like, you know, we made the Babadook gay. Like, yeah, right. that's ours. He's ours now. You, uh, you sure, took Babadook. I'll, I'll, I'll claim big bird. <laughs> what a great... Like, wouldn't that be great? You just wake up fine. and Big Bird's like, hey, hello, you can fly now. Here's some, I don't know. <laughs> it's even better because I don't think he can fly. Oh, that's, can uh, he? Can, I don't think I've ever seen Big Bird fly. He's just too big. <laughs> He's too big. <laughs> <laughs> He's too big of a bird. <laughs> I mean, he's like 10 feet tall. He is a very tall bird. Big, big bird. Hence the name. Uh, Only if he brings... That would be great if he could bring Snuffy. Snuffy was always my favorite. That's that's great. Just visited by Sesame Street. That's fine. (laughs) You always liked Eeyore, too. I do. You like the big, sad ones. (laughs) The big, sad ones. (laughs) I do like the big, sad ones. I also like the ones that move slowly. No subtle movements. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always liked Bert and Ernie, but they belong to the queer community as well, right? Uh, I don't... Is that... I mean... It's not canon, but... I, I mean, not we, like, we not like canon, them, but yes. like we've claimed them. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <have> mine now. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> we will take this. Thank you. I do feel Bye. like, like, you know, when I, when I try to like see the kind of relationship I hope I have one day in like media, it's rarely there. But then like with Bert and Ernie, I'm like, that seems fine. They like, you know, <laughs> they have their own spaces. <laughs> they have their own identities. But then like, they're also you know cohabiting i think that that seems good i'm into that yeah <laughs> seems gay i'm down <laughs> <laughs> well i hope you get uh the whatever superpower you most desire on this um most happiest of days well hopefully when, when we get done with this this i hope uh, i hope big bird shows up yes i hope big bird comes and um you will enjoy the traditional trans day of visibility meal which is I mean, <laughs> so far, canned had, coffee is what I've seen you consume so far. Yeah. So is it coffee from a can? I was going to say, I've had two two canned iced coffees, Boss Coffee from Japan. <laughs> so I don't okay. know. That's very specific. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's like candle nights. You're kind of creating this lore yeah. now. Yeah. But I, but, so I think it's just. You get to. I think, but I think it's got to be collaborative. You know, like we we yeah. we started the conversation. I'm sure people can right. add to it. I'm I'm fine with a whole. <laughs> I I would like there to be food involved. Yeah. No, I'd always like there to be food involved. Yeah. Maybe that would be my superpower. I could just think of any food I wanted, and then it would just boop. Then it'd be there oh, in front of me. That would be great. That would be a great superpower. Oh, that'd be so great. Especially foods you can only get at like certain restaurants that aren't where you live. Or like cartoon food, like the way, <laughs> like the way pizzas look in Archie comics. But I could generate that pizza right in front of me. What? Uh. There's a lot of good. I like that. That's where you went. I'm thinking like beautifully rendered like noodles in like anime movies. And Cindy's mm. like, no, the the, the two color pizza in Archie comics. <laughs> that's really good. and like hanging on like the strings yeah. are coming down. Yeah. I was imagining the breakfast from Hell's Moving Castle. Yeah. The big bacon and the big eggs. That is a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Or a sandwich from Scooby Doo. <laughs> I think that's just a Subway, Sid. Yeah, that's just, you could get that. That's just a big old sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about this week? Uh, sandwiches? Archie's pizza? I don't know. Birds? Um, <laughs> big birds. <laughs> big birds. And all of his relatives. Um, no, we're talking about Legally Blonde this week. This was um, my my week, my topic, Legally Blonde, although before me, it came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. So I guess after I existed, but before I was uh, aware of sure. anything, really. You, you probably didn't watch that movie in 2001. No, no. <laughs> I, I think I probably would have, uh, yeah, not at a re- understood what was going on, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do babies know at one year old? Nothing. They certainly don't understand the law. Right. <laughs> okay, babies are lawless creatures. 
<laughs> they never understand the law. <laughs> I'm a baby. Uh, I don't know the law. <laughs> um, but this movie became very important to me as I got older. I, I couldn't tell you the first time I saw it, but I know now in my life, I've probably seen it at least a dozen times. Um, and I certainly saw it at a formative enough point in my life where I decided, hmm, that seems like a good life plan. And then I decided to go to law school. <laughs> well, that was it. That was it. Wow. That was it. That was it. it. Except instead of a tiny dog, you got Ruth. I got Ruth, the guinea pig. Um, I did consider naming her Bruiser for a period of time mm-hmm. before I named her. Because, of course, Elle has this tiny dog named Bruiser, which is very funny. Because how ironic is that? He's so small. <laughs> but he's named Bruiser. <laughs> I thought about this for my guinea pig, and then I went with Ruth Bader Ginsburg instead, which I think still follows, like the the theme, mm-hmm. sure. right? And still follows like yeah. the pattern. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's a good pun. It's I a like good that. pun. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Legally Blonde, it did come out in two thousand one, and it's about Elle Woods, who is from California, and is a very blonde, stereotypical sorority girl um, who is dating. Warner Huntington III and thinks he's going to propose and thinks they're going to get married because they're about to graduate college and instead he breaks up with her because he's going to Harvard Law School and he needs someone serious Mm -hmm. uh, because he's going to be like a serious politician and lawyer and she's too blonde. And then she decides, well, you know what? Then I'm going to show you I'm serious. I'm going to go to Harvard Law School also. And she does. That's that's pretty much the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Well, I uh, I watched the movie again to refresh my memory, um, and I have to say I enjoyed it again. I enjoyed it. Good. Then. I enjoyed it now. Good. It's clever. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It um it made Justin laugh out loud several times. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like loud enough that I had to say, "Shh, you'll wake the kids." That's very funny to me. Huh. Yeah, I did not expect that. Um, <laughs> obviously, I mean, this was not the reason I decided to go to law school. There were other reasons, but this was this was part of it. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm not alone in that. I think there are probably plenty of other people out there that saw Elle Woods go to law school and thought, well, okay, I can uh-huh. also do that. Um, but I do want to point out before we get started talking about, because it was very important to me and was like a good, a good movie in my life, that it is, there are some things that need to be discussed, some things that would be, I think, different and would be fixed if this movie was made today sure um mainly the the crux of the movie is the 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 uh the discrimination she faces because she's a blonde woman yeah and that's like her whole thing is she is stereotyped and discriminated against at law school because she's a blonde girl that wears pink and likes feminine things Mm -hmm. i think i think that central conceit like it can work. I mean, it's still funny. Sure. Like, you can yeah. do that because, like, in many ways, there are aspects of this that remind me of Clueless, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the same idea. Mm-hmm. Like, all Cher knows about is shopping. No, she also cares about civil responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, you can play with that. I think the only thing that I, th- I think the problem with it in today's world is that there are so many beats that feel like, oh, look, she's suffering from a microaggression here right, or like right. they even use the word diversity yeah to like accept her to the don't we want more diversity in the law school and it's like come, come, come on. on guys <laughs> and i y- you wouldn't be so clueless in 2021 yeah if you were making the movie to like you'd talk you wouldn't use those terms yeah. no yeah i mean because i don't think it's it's unfair to say that there's a lot of undue hatred and assumptions directed towards anyone that's overly feminine i mean i think that that is actually valid and the fact that she's very happy in her (laughs) excessive femininity is something that gets her judged in a lot of ways but yeah equating it to like actual oppression and that's that's where it kind of (laughs) crosses a line yeah i do think it it is valid to the the extent in which it is fair to assume and i will say based off personal experiences that in like a law classroom or in my experience a political science classroom somewhere that is dominated by men typically that a woman would not be taken as seriously or be thought less of or someone who walks into the classroom wearing all pink and is like you said excessively feminine and very Mm -hmm. comfortable in that everyone will be like well 
she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. I think that is fair to that point mm-hmm. that it's not wild to assume a woman going to law school that looks the way Elle presents herself, people will be like, what? Well, mm-hmm. um, and I think it a, exists in medicine too, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just on a side I'm sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of women feel that they have to throw all that away in order to be taken seriously. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's whatever your personal style, aesthetic choices, that's up to you. But if you're doing it to be taken seriously at the sacrifice of yourself, that's that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that that's it. If you lean more into the like the trappings of femininity do not mean that you are unintelligent or mm-hmm. incapable. If you lean more into that theme, it works better. Right. And and I think and I think like it, again, anything that's of that time just didn't it didn't have the nuance and didn't always have like the crew behind the camera. Right. Yes. To to address those issues before they made it to the screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, it was, it was based off, that was, uh, Amanda Brown wrote the book Legally Blonde just very shortly before the movie came out, I think only a year or two. And it was based on her personal experiences at Stanford Law School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said she was a girl who was obsessed with fashion and beauty and read Elle magazine frequently, which is where the name for the character came from, um, and how she experienced going to Stanford mm-hmm. Law School as that kind of person. So it was based off personal experience but um i think and this was something we talked about before we started taylor i think you mentioned it's like a very hyperbolic story it's all an exaggeration it is all caricature i and that was as i was watching the movie that was sort of how i kind of framed it in my head is like all of this seems outrageous because it's supposed to Mm -hmm. because these are caricatures of people and not real people and and then it makes more sense in that and then like it's funnier too than the cop it seems more absurd and the comedy works and like i think if you frame it that way then you don't have to like hyper critique every single beat that it hits or misses you know it was not trying to be anything more i think than a comedy that was about l going to law school that had some undertones of like this these are real kinds of people that exist in i don't know male dominated professions Mm -hmm. and in the world um but we're not trying to like make a a societal statement if you will we're not trying to fix anything yeah um i think was is probably the goal um i i do like you know because i do think like they're they're trying to address sexism obviously mm -hmm. in some ways um i enjoy that there are these scenes of like women supporting women mm-hmm. in it um, repeatedly, like that theme keeps coming back, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of refreshing because you don't see that a lot in movies. You usually sure. see women constantly at each other's throats mm-hmm. competing for whatever the prize is, whether it be a man or mm-hmm. whatever, a job title. Yeah. Um, and you see her like shift from she wants to get married. So her sorority sisters all support her and celebrate her. And then she wants to go to law school. So they all support her and celebrate her. Mm-hmm. And initially there's the whole romantic rival thing with like her boyfriend her ex-boyfriend's new fiance and then by the end they're like friends and like they realize they shouldn't turn on each other Mm -hmm. and that he's a jerk and you know i mean like i think that those are nice themes that um are kind of unique in that time period yeah Yeah. i mean it is very white feminism yes it is quite white it It is is very white it is not intersectional yes (laughs) at all yeah, that is important to note that while it is, you know, yes, there are themes of women mm-hmm. supporting women and that was not super common. It is very much white women supporting mm-hmm. white women. Not a lot of intersectionality going on there. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is a a running theme, I will say, throughout the movie. A very white movie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, still, still tried its best, I guess, <laughs> for a movie being made in 2001. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's the it's the same criticism we level at a lot of the media we talk about from that time yeah, period. Yeah, just yeah, uh, suffers from a lack of diversity. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I did think like to that note, there are times where that actually I don't know if it's intentional or not, but when Elle applies to law school, there she makes a video essay, mm-hmm. and there is this implication as the all old white man acceptance committee admissions committee is watching the video that perhaps they think she's attractive they don't lean into that too hard but they do freeze frame on the bikini shot so like 
you it, the question is there of sure. course which is gross but also like that kind of thing is gross sometimes and yeah. true and there are too many and certainly in 2001 all white admissions committees mm-hmm. you know or all male admissions committee or both i mean yeah. like all of those things are true and like a commentary on don't you think it's messed up that these are the people who get to decide mm-hmm. who gets to go somewhere to school or get a job or whatever the yeah. you know committee is supposed to do don't you think that's messed up that's a very real important conversation that mm-hmm. we should still be having today yeah so and i would like to note there i mean it they suggest in in that same moment that the reason she gets in is because they find her attractive that the they weren't going to they watch her video mm-hmm. oh well maybe let's let her in but based off her credentials and her scores she got an lsat score of 179 which is one point away from perfect the highest score you can get is a 180 and she had a 4.0 gpa um that's kind of unreal that they give her a 179. Oh, it's, I mean, it's entirely unrealistic. That is one of the more unrealistic things I have experienced, or I have uh, understood now that I have experienced the LSAT is her first practice test. She gets like a 134 or something like that, I think, and then raises it all the way to a 179 by the time she takes the test. And she does study a lot, but 45 points, man. That's not. Did. And there on the admissions committee, somebody says she got a 179 on her LSATs. Nobody says that, do they? Nobody. No. I was trying to picture saying that a student did really well on their MCATs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You mean MCAT? (laughs) No, that that is not right. And her getting a 179 is very unrealistic. But I do. I mean, with that score and her GPA, and I mean, she was president of her sorority. And mentioned all the other things she did within that. I, I, she probably would have gotten into Harvard on her own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it would have been dependent on her looks. So it seems like that's one of those like rare, like d- total package situations where you, you know, you have a really smart yeah. person who's also incredibly like successful in like social and you know like whatever like fun activity and it's nice looking and I yeah mean, yeah that's yeah I don't <laughs> I don't think that's that wild. Which, which yeah. isn't like you're not wrong to say that's also the stereotype that especially if you're talking about women mm-hmm. that other women will hate like that yeah. there that that is a stere- that is a theme like that is a thing that mm-hmm. you can talk about which is like True. oh I don't like you cuz you're too perfect yeah like, again not diversity but still like yeah. you know a funny premise for a movie yeah and she did all that work on her own she got the LSAT score up on her own that and her true. GPA was, I mean, it was like that before she decided to go to law school. So obviously she's smart. And and her friends supported her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Um, I want to talk about more like the rest of the movie <laughs> after she gets into law school. Yes. But before we do that. Let's check the group message. Uh, first of all, I want to start us out this week, if that's okay. Um, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been busy. It's been busy lately. Uh, I feel like the... Things are starting to pick up. We're starting to have more things uh, to do, more things on our plate, and um, less things on our plate when it comes to cooking, because mm-hmm. I don't have time. Yeah. You know, sometimes I don't have time to, like, make dinner for my family. <laughs> Your whole family. <laughs> the whole family. Um, and so I need somebody to bring it to me. Uh, And that's where DoorDash comes in, because no matter what it is you need, whatever meal of the day, or maybe you just need like something from a local convenience store, Mm -hmm. like deodorant or something like that. DoorDash Mm -hmm. has you covered. Um, Whatever you want, they can bring it right to your door. They'll uh, leave it right there. Contactless delivery. Just leave it nicely on your on your front porch and let you know that they showed up and dropped it all off. Ordering is super easy. You just open the DoorDash app. You choose whatever you want. And, uh, and then they bring it to you. And it's it's the easiest thing ever. Um, we use DoorDash constantly, uh, especially yes. we have in the last year to support a lot of our local restaurants um, during times where either they were closed uh, to the public or we, you know, weren't quite ready to go out and, and, and eat in a restaurant. You can support them anyway mm-hmm. by ordering through DoorDash. And it's been great for that in the past year. And um and I don't see that trend for us ending anytime soon because it's so nice to have your favorite food delivered to your door. It is. 
So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Well, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code STILLBUFF. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code STILLBUFF. Subject to change, terms apply. So, I don't know about you all, but I know when I leave the house... Um, which isn't very often right now, to be fair. But, but <laughs> sure. when I do, sure. I do like the little pat down where I like check, like, is my phone in my back pocket? Let me look at my purse. Is my wallet in there? Where's my keys? Um, I got to check and make sure I got everything that I need. Mm-hmm. But recently I've added one more thing to my essentials list that I check that my little pat down, make sure is right there. Uh, and that's my my birdie. My birdie is a personal safety alarm that is easy to carry and simple to use. It comes with a little clip. I clipped it to my keys, so it's right there. I always have it with me with my wallet, my keys, and everything. Um, All you do is pretty much pull the bottom part of it off the top part of it, and it emits a super loud siren and a flashing light. So if you ever feel uncomfortable at any point, you're walking alone at night, maybe someone near you that's making you uncomfortable, maybe you feel threatened, um, point that at them. Super bright, super loud. And it, it, it's great. Um, and it's no danger to you, so you can feel confident using it. So it's not like any other personal safety device you might have that you could misuse and, and hurt yourself, hurt someone else, whatever. Um, not like that. So I, I have accidentally pulled it just to see what would happen. Didn't hurt me. It was loud. And it was bright. But I'm fine. <laughs> it um, would work. Yeah. And it comes in fun colors, so you actually want to carry it. I have a little pink one that matches my pink lanyard. Um they have blue, they have black, they have lots of lots of fun colors. So go and buy your birdie today for a safer tomorrow. Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Birdie, what should they do? Well, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash buffering. That's She's Birdie spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash buffering for 15% off. Uh, so one question I have, you probably don't know the answer to this. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Did they, when they were casting this movie, do you think they were like, who do we want for the good love interest? And they were like, Paul Rudd. (laughs) They were like, well, we can't just get Paul Rudd again. (laughs) We can't do Clueless again, guys. Come on. It'll be too close. We can't get Paul Rudd again. He was even like. So working for a lawyer That's in that true, one. Yeah. yeah. No, we yeah, we can't we can't get Paul Rudd again. Who's like Paul Rudd but not Paul Rudd? Luke that, Wilson. Is that that <laughs> that's how you quantify Luke Wilson? <laughs> like Paul Rudd. I well Rudd. I feel like in these two Paul movies, Rudd. in these two movies it is like it's you remember Clueless? It's basically Paul Rudd, but it's not. It's Luke Wilson. But basically, but basically like, <laughs> No, you're right. Do do you feel like at any point he like was on set and looked around and went, am I just Paul Rudd? (laughs) (laughs) They brought in Paul Rudd as like a character consultant. And Luke Wilson was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I thought I was doing a pretty good job. (laughs) We need you to be more like, a you know, a Paul Rudd kind of character, you know, sort of like Paul Rudd is like as a character, but as Paul Rudd. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the relationship between Alan Emmett and and. uh, Paul Rudd's character and Cher. I'm mm-hmm. blanking on his name. I can't remember in Clueless. Josh. Josh. Uh, it's very similar. He, yes. I mean, the, the guys are very, like, serious and smart and no nonsense. But then the girls are, well, blonde and enjoy yeah. yeah. shopping. <laughs> I, I, do, I do think that Luke Wilson's a lot nicer. Paul Rudd was a little punchier. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yes, th- that is very true. And I do think, like, it is interesting they... Somebody must have said, like, so he works for one of the professors at the law school. He's not a professor at the law school, mm-hmm. but he does work for him, mm-hmm. which is pretty darn close. If they start dating in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is not okay. And yeah. so it's interesting because, like, they just have that little tag at the end where they're like, also, they've been dating for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like, is this okay if we do it this way? Are we cool? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think, I mean, from what I can tell, and it's very confusing, you're only in law school for three years. Yes. And it, mm-hmm. obviously, Elle is in her first year. And from what I can tell, Emmett is a 3L, or is in his third year, his final year. And this is like his internship. Is that he? he oh, that is like sense. almost like a, like a teaching assistant, like a TA. 
Okay. Um, yeah. That he is that for that class for this first year class because that that would be a class that would only be for first years, um, and that he is assisting him in teaching, but also is like his intern in his legal practice, which is why he helps out with the the now case that, they argue later on. That would make more sense. I see. There's a scene where they first meet, and she says, "You must be a third year." Mm-hmm. And he starts to answer, but then Warner walks over and she walks away. Right. So it's You're not never quite clear. Yeah. Yeah. I I interpreted it that he wasn't. But, sure. But because he's allowed to be her guardian, I guess, when she takes over as legal counsel, though, right? Yeah. So that, that's he's, true. He has to be a real and lawyer to do that, right? You have to be what they say. <laughs> you have to be bar certified to do that. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it is. There are some states where you could take the bar before you graduate law school, like in your final year. Um, huh. So I, I guess theoretically it's possible that he would have taken the bar like in his last semester of law school. I guess that's true. I took my boards before I finished. Mm-hmm. Well, before I finished residency. That's different, mm-hmm. though. You only have the three years of law school. You don't have yeah. to do a residency to be a lawyer. You just kind of. I know. Learn well, for I three mean, years and go right into it. Basically, what you're saying is it's harder to okay. be a doctor. Well, all than right. To be a uh, no, no, and no. that's okay. I think something we can all agree on. Okay. I went to art school. <laughs> 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 what kind of residency did you have to do? <laughs> I work at a coffee shop. That's how it works. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, that. But I mean, like. I will say they don't make it about that. Like you'd never even see him like kiss no. or anything. No, They're, you see them as friends throughout the, throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and he helps her study and everything, um, and get I guess get better at law, law school. <laughs> Buy a computer. Buy a computer. <laughs> um, and uh, which is crazy. She uh, to me, and I guess this just shows my age. Uh, it was crazy to me she didn't have one yeah. mm-hmm. going into law school because. And I know it was 2001, but you, everyone else in the classroom pulled out their laptop when the professor and, started lecturing. And she's established as rich. Yeah, she obviously has money and she did well enough in school. She got a 4.0, so she cared about her grades in school. So it was kind of crazy to me that she didn't didn't have a laptop. Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, I mean, in, in the movie universe, yes. But like, I mean, I, I started right. college in 2004 and I had a desktop. Mm-hmm in my dorm room really? it was not common to have laptops i mean that i guess you know that's a really good point because i mean i started college in 2001 yeah is that right yes yeah. and <laughs> thing and uh when i i didn't have um a laptop but that was part of the scholarship then yeah is it the scholarship got i got yes gave you a laptop mm-hmm. that you could use you'd use for the four years and then buy it at the end if you wanted to keep it mm-hmm. for what it was worth at that point it, man, that was like a giant heavy mm-hmm. Dell. You could not take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, that laptop I had was not a laptop. Yeah. I, I loved I, the the memory of those beautiful candy colored Mac products because she gets that that yeah. orange or tangerine. Yes. I think they were flavors. Uh, MacBook. Like I I wanted one of those so bad. Those little like, the desktop ones were so cute. And they're like a. I wanted one of those. So yeah. I, I was the same way. As soon as uh, I saw her in line checking out with that MacBook under her arm, I was like, man, I wanted one of those so much. <laughs> I always, I was always so jealous of like, I have this big, giant, black cube of a laptop. And like, look how cute those yeah. are. Those little MacBooks. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she doesn't have a laptop when she starts school. She comes in with a tiny little, a tiny little heart-shaped pad of paper, yeah. right, mm-hmm. or like a pink pad or pink fluffy pin and a fluffy pin, um, and her very lawyerly outfit in her big plaid coat and glasses that she does not need. Okay, but but real talk, <laughs> like I don't, you know, me personally, not a big fan of pink, but that like jacket and tie and the pink button up that combo i'd wear it with pants Mm -hmm. but i would absolutely wear that i always loved that outfit that she wears on her first day i I like that outfit yeah um and that is the outfit of course where we get the iconic scene where she sees warner it's Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh i forgot you went here (laughs) he says you go to harvard and she says what like it's hard (laughs) which is just it's so great because I mean, it wasn't that hard for her, I guess. She already had the grades. She studied hard for Elsa, and that's about it. I, I do think it's interesting that there's not some big switch where, because, you know, it's very clear at the beginning that she goes to law school specifically just to get her boyfriend back, and then she will, like, go back yeah. to her life. Like, it's she's not interested in pursuing lawyering. 
But it's right. clear in the movie that by the end, she's passionate about it. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I guess that never really comes to a head. It just kind of happens naturally. She gets into it, is passionate about mm-hmm. it, and then, like, that becomes her focus. I think I th- my take on it, because I was, I was wondering, actually, Justin asked me that. When did she switch and decide to actually be a lawyer? Mm-hmm. And I said, I think that when the whole party thing happened and Warner, like, fully rejected her, mm-hmm. I think that's when she decided... I'm just going to beat him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be good at this to beat him, but not really become a lawyer. I think it was the dog scene. Uh, yeah. When yes. she helps her friend get the dog and she sees how happy she is because she helped her get her dog back from her ex-husband. I think that's what we're supposed to interpret as like, oh, I actually really do enjoy doing this as a job. This thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do. And we haven't mentioned it yet, but there is a, a Legally Blonde musical that you can watch the original cast a pro shot of it on YouTube, an MTV shot when it first premiered, which is very funny to me, just that whole that whole sentence right there. Um, but there is a song in it that's a tiny little reprise where instead of her earlier where she sang about love with Warner, now she's singing about law. Ah. And after the dog scene in it, she's talking about how law, like you're fighting for the underdog and it like makes her feel really good and she's doing something to help people. And I think they try to do that more so in the musical and show like that's where instead of now singing about how much she loves Warner, she's singing about how much she loves what she's doing. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess again, right after he gets engaged, because in the musical, when you first meet Vivian and Warner, they're not engaged yet. Whereas in the movie, the first time you meet them, they are engaged. Um, right. Yes. She's already got the ring when you meet yeah. the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought so. Um, but the, you watch them get engaged in the musical and she's very sad at first, but then they post the internship list and she was chosen for those internship spots. She's like, wow, I actually feel so much better because I did this thing and I'm going to show you what you're missing and I'm, I'm going to do, do great things on my own. I'm going to get a better job than you and I'm going to do better things than you. Yeah. And that's it. I do. I love the moment um, when she turns around from the list and just screams, me! <laughs> like, there's one Me! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I was kind of impressed. The whole way they play the, like, the sexual harassment scene, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it, first of all, like, I almost feel like, I don't know, I haven't read the book and I don't know that person's experiences, mm-hmm. but I, it almost felt pulled from a li- real life experience yeah. because it was just so like exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is anytime in a movie like that where a character almost walks in on two people and then like ducks away like Vivian does, mm-hmm. like, no, you wouldn't. You'd stand there and watch. You'd Come stand on. there and watch. Any of us would. We'd all stand there and watch. Don't pretend like you'd <laughs> yeah. run away before you see the no, outcome. No. See, okay, wait, you all can't tell me I'm creepy for wanting to be invisible. That's exactly well, why I'd want to be invisible. Not because you'd want to see like nakedness well, no, but no, like I because you want to be like what's happening no, no I, yeah. I have seen the exact worst moment of this situation with no context i will leave now <laughs> like that's, that's yeah really and i will build a narrative around it based on yeah. this one moment i have seen but, but like the whole fallout is again i don't know if it was intentional but she's done nothing wrong and she's put in this horrible situation she removes herself from it immediately but is still blamed for it mm-hmm. and still seen as you know, the bad person in the situation, other women immediately, mm-hmm. you know, blame her. Mm-hmm. And she's basically forced to leave law school. I mean, I know she doesn't, but right. like that is, that is sort of the fallout from mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, I thought it was so like, yes, I mean, yes, that is what happens yeah. more often than not. And I even thought like the moment in the beauty salon where the other professor who was hard on her in the beginning, mm-hmm. I forget her name. But the other professor. And it, yeah. Yeah. It like turns around and is like, if you let this scare you away, you're not half the lawyer I thought you were or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that- <laughs> and leaves her on her own. Yeah. yeah. It is like stand up to men. Anyway, uh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. My hair's done. That was also kind of realistic mm-hmm. because like, unfortunately, that's all too often true that like the women who are in positions of power who are tasked with helping you are so busy trying to hold on to that mm-hmm. that all they say is, yeah, stand up for yourself. I mean, I'm not going to be there, but you go for you it, girl. Do it. <laughs> it, it's, it seemed like that was I mean, clearly pre me to film here. Cause it, it felt like yeah. it was just accepted. Like, yeah, that guy's kind of a creep, but you know, he works, he works at Harvard. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, that was kind of a like to to have an ending where if you just take that one little part of the plot, he sexually harasses her. She's about to quit. But instead, he gets fired from her job and she gets his job. Mm hmm is a pretty cool <laughs> yeah no like i mean i i don't know i yeah no you're right and i mean it feels i will say in today's context um slightly unrealistic to think that based off this one instance he would be fired um well i don't know that would, he loses his job at harvard no, that's, i guess you're yeah. right i guess <laughs> that she would have as much i don't want to say as much support but you know what I mean? Like that that mm. ending that way where he does lose that position in that case and she takes it feels like that's probably not what would happen most of the time. All right. I think I think that having the the defendant be somebody who was like sympathetic to her and yeah. connected to her and sort of like her mm-hmm. um, made it plausible in the reality of the movie. Sure. Yeah. But I think that the idea that he would continue to work at Harvard and his career essentially would be untouched like he would still have his he's he's still a partner at his firm Mm -hmm. he still teaches at harvard all of that would stay the same totally plausible (laughs) i mean totally plausible yeah yeah but uh but i mean i still i i felt like well that was all that that would be kind of cool Mm -hmm. to see happen in real life actually and that kind of vindication and she wins the case for her which i think the the whole thing about it that i mean she does based off her knowledge of perm maintenance <laughs> yes um which is a great a great scene but um she, from the beginning she gets her alibi brooke is accused of murdering her husband and won't mm-hmm. give anyone an alibi for where she was she gives it to l and says but you can't tell anybody and l doesn't she doesn't mm-hmm. tell her professor she doesn't tell the other people on the case um but still wins anyways without like losing brooke's trust which i think is just another way of showing that like because at the very very beginning there's that scene where she's buying a dress and she tells the saleswoman, like, mm-hmm. no, you're trying to trick me. I know this dress. I know how much it's worth and when it's from. It just shows one of those moments where she is good at being a lawyer. And she has the skills. She's not just there and only capable of getting her boyfriend back. Like, right. she has the skills. She cares about keeping a client's trust and finding a way to win without compromising that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is good. Well, and there's a there's a good message there that, you know, we need diversity in these fields because having somebody that understands their client and mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know comes from like a similar background is important once again it's represented by like two two blonde white ladies so like okay right. but you know the idea is important the takeaway is yeah. good yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I mean i i think you're exactly right like and it you could you could make a version of this movie today in 2021 that could be a really cool mm-hmm. you know movie a really cool yeah. thing around that theme um and then i think would also address the other issue which I mean, I knew the plot mm-hmm. and it didn't hit me until I watched it again now mm-hmm. that the moment in the courtroom mm-hmm. where so the the pool boy is lying about having an affair with Allie Larder's character mm-hmm. because I guess he's in on it is what we're supposed to assume. Like, yeah. the daughter who acts who accidentally shot her father is um, paying him off for mm-hmm. something. So, like, he's lying to make it look like she's more guilty anyway. L discovers that he's actually gay and wouldn't have been having an affair with her and then tells Luke Wilson that who then uses clever lawyer tricks yeah <laughs> to to get him to out himself in the courtroom right. and uh and the whole scene like I mean if if we can accept that he was out and gay in his life and that wasn't something that he was trying to keep secret except he was for in this one in this specific case. yeah mm-hmm. like because he's lying because he wants to get paid off by the daughter or whatever that's one thing but like especially since it was in 2001 i'm watching thinking oh oh was he, he just, just out, out him oh mm-hmm. like it and i think i really think it's a scene that like i know what you're trying to do here but i think again it could be handled better right. in today's world yes. we would know like ooh, be, ooh okay <laughs> yeah yes no i think you're very right um and i think i i didn't really think about it until you brought that up because i guess my watching of it has always i've just assumed and i mean there's not anything in the movie that tells you this for sure i've just assumed that he was out in his life as gay and he was lying in this case to get money or to do whatever um but i i didn't even think about it the other way which is equally as possible because there's nothing in the movie that tells you either way Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i agree um i will say though 
for it to be written again in 2021, Mindy Kaling is currently writing another one, mm-hmm. a third, a third one oh, yeah. um, that's coming out in May 2022. And I guess, well, I guess it would be a fourth one. I don't really count Legally Blondes, <laughs> plural. Um, it was straight to DVD. Yeah. It was like Mean Girls 2. Like, it just went straight to DVD. No one talked about it. We like to pretend it doesn't exist. But there is a second Legally Blonde movie, um, Red, White, and Blonde. I, I feel like I should watch all these movies because there's a chance that I like them better than the originals based on my oh, y- personal history. I, yes. <laughs> Sydney's favorite of the series is going to be Legally Blondes. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance. <laughs> I've never even seen it, actually, to be honest. I've seen the first two. I just, I've heard enough about it for me to know I don't don't need to watch it. Yeah, I, I thought, of, I watched the trailer and I was like, no, I, I've done my, I've done my part. I watched yeah. it too. I do, I do think that the, uh, we didn't get a lot into the sequel and I won't go into it, but I, I do think the first is superior. Uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a much better written story. I think it becomes it almost too much caricature in the second one. Yeah. I think the story, and while I mean, I of course would want to see more about all the characters, it was a very good one and done kind of story mm-hmm. like all of what needed to be done was encapsulating the story you see good character arcs for all yes. the people you need to see them for um especially at the end they do at their law school graduation they fast forward to the end and they have little like where are they now little sentences basically about everyone and i do appreciate that they make a point of saying warner is alone and vivian and Elle are now best friends yeah um that's very good. I, they do say that Warner can't get a job, though, and that's the only unrealistic part, because let's be honest, Warner definitely ran for uh, GOP senator mm-hmm. for his state and won. I yeah. mean, like, right. Or, yeah. Warren and is I mean, currently in, like, our representation right now. Many, yeah. yeah. I mean, his dad, obviously, from what I assume, probably paid for him to get into Harvard. Mm-hmm. So his dad could have gotten him a job anywhere. Fast forward, he was an integral part of the Trump administration. <laughs> And the college admission scandal. (laughs) I would say, was he called out in in Operation Varsity Blue? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All of that. All of that. We know know this guy. Yeah. I know know this guy. We know this guy. Um, (laughs) But it it is a movie of its time that has some problems that I don't think would exist in its making of today. Maybe they won't if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on what kind of storyline they go with when they make it again. Um, But it was obviously very formative to my life mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, now i am going to law school partially inspired by elwood's yeah well i think it's like any media you can take the good parts sure that's that's okay yeah. you're allowed yeah. to do that as a human yeah <laughs> and that, i think that's a good way of kind of thinking about things so some media can be judged as ultimately this is it has bad ideas it put back it, it reinforces bad stereotypes it's possibly harmful I would, I think Legally Blonde is a long way from harmful. And it clearly has, I mean, I think it's pretty cool that you're saying mm-hmm. there's a generation of young women that are like, no, I want to be like Elle Woods. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. to make a, a, a movie that appeals to teens about pursuing law is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also tells me I don't have to become boring and serious like they say all law students are. Mm-hmm. Be a law student. No. I can have my 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 guinea pig <laughs> and wear pink if i want to <laughs> say just get that get that outfit for your, for your first day of law school please that I, amazing I mean, turquoise yes what lounge jacket i don't know what that is it's so good i don't know what it is either it's like a, a riff on like a robe like yeah. that a judge would wear but yeah. also just a robe yeah. and then also i don't know like a blazer but not it's it's I a need thing that outfit and i need a bag that i carry ruth into every class i go yes. to <laughs> that's it that's all i need to succeed in law school but thank you all for watching this movie with me um no it was fun oh, i, I enjoyed, enjoyed getting to rewatch it same so thank you uh What's so next? next next week um something a little different i would say i want to talk about calvin and Hobbes. Um, oh you nice. don't have to read any specific i mean i assume you've both read all of them yeah <laughs> i have the whole thing i know <laughs> that's right you've got that like the bible tome mm-hmm. <laughs> i do i do not require that that would Good. be a lot Thank um, you. interact in some way with yes. some calvin to remind you of like what it is that's yes. all i ask uh, you don't need to read a lot i think you've both read it yes. um all right well thank you both riley thank, thank you. you that was great uh one more time taylor have a great trans day of visibility yeah say hi to big bird for me I yeah will. should be here anytime <laughs> now 
you fly down here after you get your yeah. superpowers. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> You're like half vaccinated. You're almost there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, once you are, fly down here. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. You should um, go to maximumfun.org if there's other podcasts that you think you might like. They're there. That was weird the way I said that. There, there are there are podcasts there. <laughs> there are podcasts there, and you like them. I need to eat lunch. Um, <laughs> do that then, and tweet at us at Still Buff. That also is a thing that people do, or you, you know, could email us. Maybe it's not that trans people get superpowers today. Maybe cis people are just weakened. <laughs> <laughs> That's very possible. It's. I feel like that right now. I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think my blood sugar is dipping in. Are you taking it? I, yes, I'm <laughs> absorbing your blood sugar. That would be a horrible superpower. <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> this is almost worse than the Benedict Cumberbatch one. <laughs> uh, these. Yes, I want these these superheroes all in a team together. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy superpowers. Um. Our email is still buffering at maximumfun.org. So there was the end of that sentence. There you go. <laughs> Thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby <laughs> Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty in sync. There we go. Maybe, oh, no. Maybe that's a superpower you've got. That's it? I can finally do the sign-off? Oh, can, come on, Big Bird. You can speak in sync with anyone at will. That's it. That's wow. it. Well, yeah, I was hoping for flight, but that's cool, too. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Big Bird. Thanks, Big Bird. Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Kelsey Dara, Open Mike Eagle, and Patton Oswalt. Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. So he was in therapy plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode from Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.